TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Parkinson Spiegel Show. Spend some time with our friends Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. Yes. Afternoons on the score. I really don't have any comments or, you know, I don't want to say anything about um, what the White Sox are doing. Like, I just, you know. That, that, that's, I wouldn't comment on what, what they're going to do there. So. No comment from Tom Ricketts on what the White Sox are doing with their stadium. I bet he's got lots of thoughts, man. <laughs> yeah. He's got lots of thoughts. I think so. Remember that time where I tried to get money for a lot of years and the city and the state eventually said no and told me to go screw and I had a big ugly argument publicly with the alderman and then I had to use all my own money to do that. You guys remember that? Yeah, Jerry yeah. should have to do that. Jerry should have to do it. I don't want to say it. anything about what the White Sox are doing. Yeah, don't say anything about it's, it. It's restraint. The White Sox are saying words, but not really saying much of anything. Here are some statements, okay? Because uh, it's been reported and he has been photographed. Jerry Reinsdorf down in Springfield meeting with legislators. Yeah, he's very far along in trying to get a deal done with the ISFA and the state to get uh, that 2% tax transition so we can get the stadium deal done. He's very, very well on his way. So what's the statement? So here's uh, the statement on behalf of the White Sox organization. We recognize discussions about the 78 serving as the future home of the Chicago White Sox have generated a lot of excitement over the potential of the larger project's positive economic impact. We are mindful and respectful of the legislative process and wanted to travel to Springfield to meet personally with legislative leaders. We're excited to share our vision, and we appreciate their time and hospitality. End quote. Oh, man. There's a couple of presumptions in there. The the big spin in there. We know that they've generated a lot of excitement Uh about all the positive economic impact that's going to happen. Yeah. We're we're telling you that you're excited, and I know many people are. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Well, there is some excitement. Of course there is. Of course there is. Yeah. I know it's. uh, there's not a lot out there. It's it's dwindled. It's a lot of anger, a lot of vitriol out there. Pay for, pay for your own damn stadium. I get it. I get uh, it. And then here is from uh, Related Midwest, the uh, that's the development company, right? That that o- that owns the the seventy eight. Uh, we appreciate we appreciated the time afforded to us by lawmakers in Springfield today, as we shared in the meetings. The seventy eight is a generational development and an investment in our hometown. It's personal to us, and we are excited about the prospect of delivering the city's next great neighborhood while making an historic economic investment mm-hmm. that will bring over ten thousand construction jobs and twenty two thousand permanent jobs to our city and state. The long term impact will be transformative creating a new riverfront neighborhood anchored by a state-of-the-art ballpark for generations of fans to enjoy and help enhance Chicago's place as a top destination. So there are some statements. Yep. Lot and you of still a... think this is going to happen. I do. What Can you explain? Because you have a good, a good sourcing uh, on this. Mm-hmm. Why would Jerry get public funding when Tom wouldn't? when the economic landscape of the state and city have changed so much since the last time Jerry got the sweetheart deal. 
Why, why would he get what Tom Ricketts couldn't? I think that they never believed Tom Ricketts was going to leave. Like, he explored a Rosemont thing that's still in the state, um, and that was all he really had as leverage. But when it came down to it, he met his wife as a teenager, and he bought this, it, it, right, in, in the bleachers, and he bought this thing as a rich hobbyist, and he wanted to have it there and do everything there. Right. And he also owned it. You know, he, he owned the, the whole the whole land. Bought the team, bought the stadium. Right. Yep. And so, and, and they knew he had money. They knew he had money. So there was like, yeah, you, you don't really need to do this. You know, Jerry doesn't have money. And Jerry could just sell to somebody who then takes the team away and they could leave. Or Jerry could leave and go to Nashville or go to Charlotte where he's got a lot of things. I think there is genuinely a fear that the White Sox will leave. And there was never a fear that the Cubs were really going to leave. That that's and that, that's that's that, first and foremost. That's true, and that is that is a truth. The Cubs, the Cubs were never going to leave. Yeah, they, they were never going to leave. They were never going to leave Clark and Addison. They were going to figure out a way. Right. So the city and the state said, "No, it's we're, we're not we're not going to do that." This is, I, I mean, it's at a moment that that, and and they, he might not get this. He might not get this. But I I think he's probably going to. Because of all the different political things that are going to be at play down there. And I get that it's freaking ugly because of how bad the White Sox have been and how bad they screwed up New Comiskey and, and all of that. But from the state's perspective, they're thinking about, well, he could leave or we could just extend this 2% hotel tax, which is supposed to be for tourism anyway, and just continue the deal that we have. It's no new taxes. It's not going to be as difficult to sell to some of their constituents. And then there's all these other factors. The labor unions will want it for all the work that goes into it. And some of those labor unions and some of those, uh, it's some, some of the deals that Pritzker may have to make to make this happen. will then make contributions to his campaign and others, all that ugly Illinois pol- political stuff gets in there. But principally, I don't think the state wants the white Sox to leave. Cause that is the question because there is, not any compelling data that suggests that new stadium is good for local economy, but no team, like team good for local economy, right? That's, that's the difference, right? Okay. They could lose the white Sox altogether, or we could probably lose some money on the stadium, but still have the white Sox. That I think is a different calculus than, new stadium for team in other place that otherwise would still be there. And they're still getting money every year with a new stadium from teams coming in and fans coming in. Yeah. There's they're, they're selling the future. It's, it's like getting a credit card you know, which is a terrible way to live one's life. But like the more, the more credit yeah, cards is. you get like, Oh, but I got money coming in now. You know, it's like for, from the state's perspective, it's like, they will have the income tax and 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 all the other stuff of like the visiting teams and all those that hotel revenue and the jobs of everything. It's uh, it, it's a deal that I suspect they're going to make by kicking the can down the road. How do you guys feel as once upon a time White Sox fans, White Sox fans on hold, wherever you're at in your White Sox fandom? How do you guys feel when you hear a percentage of people, including? respected longtime White Sox fans and authorities on sports in this town, like Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes say, okay, if they don't get the stadium, 
the team leaves, okay. I don't believe them. Like, and I, like a, 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 a somewhat amount of apathy towards the idea of the White Sox leaving Chicago. I do not believe Dan or Lawrence. And I, I, w- I would say, I'll say that to them tomorrow. I don't believe that both of those guys, if the White Sox leave, can put their heads down the next night in bed and just be like, yeah, every childhood memory that I made with my dad, with my own kids, with my buddies, with guys here, every memory just means nothing to you anymore. I don't like the White Sox right now, but it's okay to, like we talked about this last week, it's okay to have a period of indifference. It's okay to demand some kind of change until you give your fandom back. Fandom is earned. It's not like we get it from our fathers, our mothers, whomever, but it's earned. It's a terrible moment in the court of public really opinion bad. to be asking for anything. Really bad. It's a, the horrific moment. That being said, when you're in a fight with, with your, your respective wives. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. And you're trying to make it better. Normally, you do a nice thing for them or get a nice thing for them. Would I prefer the diamond ring? And not the bracelet, sure. The diamond ring being a top-tier free agent and the bracelet being a new stadium, sure. (laughs) But I will take the bracelet. I'll take a beautiful new stadium. I don't care about the location. And you might have to put that on layaway for a while. You might not be able to pay for that bracelet. Fine. The the, the whole thing with you're, you're disrespecting Bridgeport, you're disrespecting the South Side, you're not. You're just you're giving the team a new stadium. I'd be I would prefer the stadium be built on the current Bridgeport lot. Just turn it. And face the skyline like it should have done. Don't give me this crap that it's all about engineering and finding the right wind tunnel for homers. That didn't work. Tim Anderson pulled three balls in the air last year. That doesn't work. But I can be angry at someone for a second, and then they get me a nice thing, and I can reconsider. Okay. Tanny, how do you feel about it? Do I want the White Sox to leave and never come back? No, absolutely not. That would be incredibly sad. Are you surprised at the number of people who say they're okay with it? I think think a lot of that is just they they are so – they have so much disdain for Jerry Reinsdorf and the way he's run this franchise, and I would agree. You know, that's kind of why I'm on hold until the next ownership takes over. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go to games. So if you see me at a game, don't call me a hypocrite because my family still likes going to games, and I think that's what this is all about. You can kind of see through some of that anger and ignore all that for the for the greater good. And if you like going to baseball games, you know, there's no reason why you should want the White Sox to leave town. Like, I will no longer be a baseball fan if they leave town. I'm not following them to Nashville. I'm not rooting for the Cubs. I can't do those things. Mm. That's going to be it for me. Well, like, Tandy, there's going to be that first 70-degree May day where I turn to you at 3 p.m. and say, let's just get a couple tickets and go right to the game oh after work. God, like, I'm going to want to do that, too. But it doesn't mean I'm emotionally invested in the team. Exactly. I, I could never be. You'll you go know? to Traverse City. You'll go to Traverse <laughs> City and watch too. your team. I'll try to fill these voids, but none of them will fill the void of White Sox baseball if they're gone. You know, you're, you're going to be you're going to be like little Jerry Reinsdorf when he was when he was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. And they I'll left. never move my team when I buy a team. <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe trust I you. could buy the White Sox back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's a very odd moment in time because the stadium where, where I keep being surprised at the conversation is like the next owner is going to want a new stadium. This owner wants a new stadium. So you could say, okay, then sell it to the next owner and have him build it and no public funding. I'm all for that. We just have no idea who the next owner is, and it's a pretty risky game of chicken that the next owner might move the team. Mm-hmm. You know, so I am all for billionaires not getting subsidies from the public. I do not want to line his pockets either. 
I also don't want the White Sox to leave. So if you could tell me who the next owner was and it's Jeff Bezos, great. Keep him here. Build the stadium. I really don't want the White Sox to leave. And I really like the idea of a vibrant two-team thriving town. And I feel like I'm watching the end of the White Sox, the death of the White Sox over these years. And if the death of Jerry means the the death of the White Sox, then I think that would be a negative for this town and for this state. You know, Lawrence was saying in, um, in transition that downstate, a lot of people think the Cardinals are the second team. But the Cardinals bring zero revenue to the state or the city. The White Sox do bring a lot of revenue to the state and the city. Like they, it is desirable to have an extra sports team to have, have two teams in your state, two teams in your city because of all that it does bring on the, on the annual basis. Um, a lot of people angry at it and like, I don't love the way that city politics works and state politics works. That's for sure. I just think it's going to, I think it's probably going to pass because there's a mix of this desire that I'm expressing that Shane just expressed. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of business savvy to the way that Jerry plays this as loathsome as you might find him and what they've done. He has obviously played this game very, very well through the years and he's trying to play it well one more time and he's way ahead of the bears in trying to play it. Texter says, Danny, you don't want to see the White Sox leave and you don't like seeing taxpayers paying for billionaires' toys, so which do you dislike more? It's a fair question. I'll be honest, as a sports fan who does this job, I have some personal stake in the game of having this be a two-sport, two-baseball team town. Just to be, if we're all being totally honest yes, about it. So you, do I. You, you know, like, I, I, like, I like covering two teams. It, it makes this job better. It makes it more the sports landscape more relevant it gives us more opportunities for content and it makes for more opportunities in my business personally so purely selfishly in that regard I would want the White Sox to stay here they're not leaving the White Sox are not leaving right I I don't think Jerry I I don't think Jerry is gonna move them I could see a pathway of it happening absolutely no it, 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 this is the this Baseball is the last. won't allow it. No, uh, uh, I, I don't. I don't think won't. that's true. I, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't believe that that's that that's true. I think that should be the case. You're talking about a charter franchise in the American League here. You know what I mean? Although the history is not that rich and tradition has been around a long time, there's not many things the South Side can can claim as their own on like the world stage and in the sports world. But the mm-hmm. White Sox are one of those things. Yeah. You know. So I. But I do see a pathway for it happening. New owner comes in. And they don't, you know, they, they strike out on this deal that, that Jerry's trying to swing right now. And it's like, well, what's the point of doing this? I'll just get what I want elsewhere. I could see it happening. It's not that implausible to think that could happen. No, because a new owner um, or Jerry in his dying days, if he really wanted to, but I don't think he's going to. So an, a, a new owner could talk to Nashville or talk to Charlotte or talk to these other towns, just like the Oakland A's talked to Vegas. And they fought their way through there and found a way to, to get that thing to happen. I really think like Oakland and San Fran, by the bay, that's a two-team town that is soon to be no longer a two-team town. It happens. Yeah, but it, you know, but is it because the city couldn't support it or because just one of those two teams was just like, eh, we're, we're kind of done on putting together a competitive product? Well, they you know? drove it that way, which <laughs> is sure. so freaking gross. They, they, the Oakland A's ownership with the baseball department doing, you know, either in agreement with it or just because that's what they were told, they drove the fan interest that bad. And they have an incredible fan base. When the A's are humming and it's been a while, 
but they are a great, attentive, enthusiastic fan base when you give them a reason to be. It's so sad what they're doing. And the now. White Sox, the White Sox can draw when they're good. They they can. So, look, I, I get it. They need to be good to be viable, but it's bigger than just a one-year thing. You're talking about the next 30 years, 35 years. Well, in the if you build it, they will come argument obviously is flawed. There are great stadiums that are empty, but they need to be good means you need to have good ownership. It's been proven that Jerry is not going to build a consistent winner based on how he spends, where he spends, infrastructure, development, the minor leagues, international scouting, all of that stuff that we've talked about ad nauseum. Hopefully the next owner does. Like there's a huge leap of faith here that you're taking. No matter where the stadium is, no matter where the – you need to hope that the next owner is good. You need to hope that the next <laughs> owner is somebody, frankly, like Tom Ricketts, especially was in the beginning. You know, people can argue about Tom Ricketts now, and we'll talk about that later. But, like, that that's a guy who loved the team, wanted to do it, and then fired a bunch of people, brought in smart people from the outside, said, how do we get good? You know, how, how do we do this? And continues to do that. I mean, that that's what you want. You want a rich hobbyist. I see a texture saying Maddish Bia, the Phoenix Suns owner, is supposedly buying a, a, a mansion in Winnetka. Oh, yeah. No, not supposedly. It's a big story up there. It is? Oh, my God. Yeah. Big fights and lakefronts and water park and connecting plots of land across parks and making <laughs> making millions of dollars of donations so that they could build a park elsewhere so he could connect the land. It's, oh, a, really? it's a big North Shore scandal. Don't build a tall fence, yeah. you Darvish. Yeah, exactly. It's it's that it's that type of thing. Some of the old money not interested in this new money coming in? A little bit. Yeah, and, and it's just, it's gaudy. It's it's real big. Well, he could sail his boat to the new White Sox Stadium on the riverfront. Yeah. Just got to go through the locks. There you go. There you go. Yeah, they've got the money. They, they own the, the Suns, the Mercury, and, yeah, sure. The Element? <laughs> and the not, Planet? Not the, no, no, the WNBA the star? team. Yeah. Okay. yeah, all of it. All of it. Damn. Yeah, sure. Have him buy the team. Yeah, there you go. That'd be great. Texture says, this argument can't be fund the new stadium or they leave. That isn't framing the question fairly. Fund the new stadium or hope the new owner is somebody who wants to keep them here. You frame it that way. Because uh, yeah, because I I don't think that Jerry will move the team. I think he will play out the lease in the existing park and then continue with the current plan of sell the team when I die. And then you're just you're just hoping because he's going to be dead and the kids will get together as they have been gathering, you know, the shares and getting ready. And then they will sell to the highest bidder. That's that, that's what they do because they don't care about it like Jerry does actually care about it. So yeah, no, it, it fund the stadium. Or hope the new owner does does something better and keeps him here. And yeah. there's no guarantee. No, no, of that. And there's no guarantee that they'd leave. Not 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 at all. And I, I mean, I read Passon's piece today on like expansion is coming to Major League Baseball. There wasn't anything about mm-hmm. teams moving. It was you know, is it going to be Salt Lake City or Nashville yeah. or Vegas or you know, just but but baseball is going to grow from thirty to thirty two teams in the coming years. So. That's not that's not about relocation. That's about straight up adding new teams. What would you want to do if you're the new White Sox owner? If you've got a spare several billion and you're like, you know what? I'll take that team. Are you going to build a brand new stadium right across the street and try to develop it? Um, you know, finally, the way that that people had dreamed they were going to do in the 90s, build a great stadium and try to develop there and keep it there. That's that that that's a big ask and hope that a new owner will think of that because you could look at a lot of different parameters and say, man, we are the 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 last team in a five team town, tough to draw, 
Uh, this is always going to be a Cubs town. It's time to get the hell out of here. I, one good thing that that person can do that's going to buy the White Sox is how about putting a competitive team on the field first and see if you can draw some attendance and see what you have to work with. That's something that hasn't been thought of, I think, in many years. Just let's put the best players possible out there and, and let's fill this place up for a couple of years and, and see how good this fan base is. What are you it, talking about, dude? They got Dominic Fletcher and Nicky Lopez. Um. My God, damn. It's a novel concept, Danny. It's very bold. It's very innovative. It's very radical. You don't have to spend billions to do it either. They know? got Matt Berbiglia. Yeah. He's supposed to be the best reliever in baseball. Mike Berbiglia? Whatever the hell his name hey, is. Hey, speaking of that. Matt, Matt Berbiglia, the one from Japan. Oh, Brebia. Isn't Brebia? Are you thinking of Fetty? Yeah. I don't know where any of them are from. <laughs> Molly was going through like hey. the depth chart either today oh, or my last God. week, and I was listening to it. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> Who are these men? They're in the bullpen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So Mully had me going with a visual today. He was he was describing the White Sox kind of like marching out onto the field at Camelback out there. Like, oh, it's not going to go very well for us. There's 70 of us, and most of us suck. This is too bad. And then you look across the field, and there's the Dodgers who <laughs> share the facility with you. And they're walking out, and there's a parade leading them. And they're yes. like, oh, look, there's Yamamoto, and there's there's Otani, and there's, oh, my God, they're on these these gilded uh, these gilded thrones that people are carrying. Yeah. It's quite the visual. The spring training facility, that's where the similarities end with those two <laughs> franchises. <laughs> They both play baseball. Yeah, they both played in a World Series against each other in 1959. But beyond that and the facility, Uh, that's it. uh, And they share a facility where you look right into the sun when you're sitting behind the plate. It's a great idea. Oh, God. Well, it's about the wind tunnels, remember? It's about Frank Frank McCourt's wife wanted a good view. Whereas you want to see the the mountains. They should blind the White Sox fans this season with, like, some kind of bright light so they don't have to see the product on the field. (laughs) That would help. Oh, man. Fun. It is. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. It is not. We didn't even get to talk about Justin Fields allegedly unfollowing the Bears Let's on Instagram. Let's oh, do it no, now. again? No, we have to talk about Justin again? No, but I it's wanna, been a while. I need to get behind this. Shane, maybe you can help with your social media skills. Or, Danny, it feels like you've done the timeline. I, I want to understand what the hell is going on here. Uh, and there are reports from other teams around the league that make me question how many phone calls Ryan Poles is actually receiving here. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Sebastian Maniscalco. Good to be on the score. I mean, I've been a score guy ever since in the 90s listening to you guys. You know, now with the Bears, I don't know what the hell's going on. Afternoons on the score. I mean, I'm not sure. Um, like I said, that decision is not in my hands. Um, you know, all I can control is you know what I did do, and um, I gave it my all. So um, whether it's here or not, you know, uh, I have no regrets. Um, shout out to you know you guys for you know making my job a little bit harder. But um, yeah, uh, just to the city of Chicago, love y'all. Appreciate the fans and the support from all the Bears. You know, in case this is my last rodeo with y'all, and just appreciate y'all for everything. 
So that's Justin Fields. And there was a little kerfuffle on the internet when it was discovered that his Instagram account is not following the Bears and that his dog Uno's Instagram account is not following the Chicago Bears. All right, so right there in your phrasing, I I appreciate that context because I had seen it in various places, lots of news items out there. Justin Fields unfollows the Bears like it was an active choice to unfollow. I don't have any proof that he was ever following the Bears on Instagram. He is following them on Twitter, and his Twitter bio is quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and it says Chicago Bears in his Instagram bio. I don't dismiss this type of internet sleuth millennial reporting. Nor do I. Entirely, because I've talked to you about this many times. Like These apps, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the people who created them are billionaires who designed them to be addictive, and those of us who came up uh-huh. with them, it's all we know. And, and, and it does say a lot about you as a person. I, I shared that article with you about Haralabob, yeah. Haralabos Vulgaris, who now owns the, the soccer team. There's a funny thing in there where he said he was talking to an NBA coach, and the coach was like, you know, I, I don't, analytics is too much. You'll never know the heart of a person. And he said to the coach, who knows you more, your wife or your internet history? And the coach paused. Yeah. Because a lot of, I mean, really, you do forensic accounting of somebody's internet life and their social media life. You can learn some things. Remember when Jordan Howard deleted all the pictures of the him in a Bears uniform from his Instagram? That meant something. It's, it's, you could say it's passive aggressive. You could say it's millennial. It's Gen Z. You could say it's immature, whatever. This is the, these guys' like public profiles. I, go into a locker room or a clubhouse after a game. These guys are on their phone checking their mentions before they shower or are out of their uniform. Does Caleb Williams follow the Bears? Is this the kind of forensic accounting that uh, that Josh Lucas Pe- people was are going People are going through his likes and trying to decipher meaning of course uh, to, to, to all that on Caleb Williams. But so I, I don't think that Justin Fields story, as of now, is the most interesting Justin Fields story that exists. Well, how about how about this though? He also follows Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, and other members of the Atlanta Falcons. Right, but I don't know if those are new follows. Come on, Danny. If if those follows happened in the last 48 hours, story. But follow he's friends with other NFL players. Breaking news. You know what I mean? Like I that that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Uh unless you could tell me he was following the Bears, now he's not, and he wasn't following Pitts and Bijan, and now he is. Why can't we search that? Come on, Internet. I, I haven't seen anything conclusive or definitive on that. If anyone else has, please send it in my direction. I did spend some time looking. Um, hmm. Albert Breer said, and I think we've talked about this, but it's worth reiterating, that the Bears ha- plan to have a plan in place by the Combine. The reason for that isn't because they have to have known definitively, okay, it's going to be Caleb or it's going to be Jaden Daniels or it's going to be Drake May. They just have to have reached a conclusion that one or multiple of those quarterbacks film is good enough to move on from Justin Fields from, and then they'll do the scouting on the personal stuff with the meetings because there's only so many starting quarterback jobs available. And you want to be able to have a bidding war. And if you wait to trade Justin, 
till the draft. Free agency will have happened. Teams will have started lining it up. And that's not what you want. You want to be able to play Mm -hmm. New England against Vegas, against Denver, against Atlanta, against Pittsburgh. But if you wait until April 25th to trade Justin Fields, Three or four of those teams are already going to have starting quarterbacks. Sure, they're going to. So, so the you you want to be sure that you're not left holding the bag, so to speak, and have nobody who's willing to trade a lot to for for Justin Fields. So that's why a Fields trade is very likely to happen. You know, before March thirteenth. So before the, before the start of the new league year. All right. So th- and that's that and that gets people looking at social media tea leaves because that urgency yeah. does indeed exist. And Atlanta jumped to the betting favorite. I know after and, after that whole and, business. And it, and it's but that's always flimsy, right? Is is that because people are just betting Atlanta now and sports books are moving the number? Well, there's or is it also stuff, they have sharp information. It's tough to know. Stuff coming out about other teams, like in Pittsburgh. We keep hearing bits and pieces. Wani buried it with us uh, last week off camera during his Zoom, said it's not going to happen. Other Pittsburgh folks are saying that they want to stick with with Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph, yet people still talk about the the Steelers as a viable uh, alternative. So they have a beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette who has reported that basically what Wani said, not reporting what Wani said, but the, the, the essence of it. He said that... Pittsburgh is planning for Pickett and Mason Rudolph to be their quarterbacks next year and that they are not prepared to bring in a quarterback who would challenge Kenny Pickett's uh, position as the starter. So I will ask you again, and I know we did it on Paul's position, but it came out that the Bears fielded multiple offers at the Senior Bowl. It's going to be a robust market. The Bears could get a first-round pick for it. All of the reporting on this from the Schefters and the Rappaports and the Glazers and the Breers have been pretty pro-Bears in terms of what the market is going to be. Ryan Poles is going to have his choice of offers for Justin Fields. But the local reporting or just our own knowledge of it, Uh not being out of town stupid on this, do we really think Luke Getze is going to go to Vegas and bring in Justin Fields? Not only do I not think Luke Getze is going to do that because of all of our experience with Luke Getze, um, I think a rumor that's out there of the Raiders trying to find a way to J.J. McCarthy makes all the sense in the world. New part owner, Tom Brady, Michigan man, uh, Hub had talked about McCarthy maybe jumping into the top 15. I've seen a lot of mocks where he's like 10, 11, 12. I, I think the Brady-McCarthy thing makes all the sense in the world to me. I think that that makes some sense as, as well. But just for Justin specifically, it feels to me like the national reporting is pro-Bears, maybe sourced by Ryan Poles. And we know that he does that sort of thing. Whereas if you actually go market by market, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like I, I'm a little worried that Ryan Poles is not going to be getting the offers that he's floating out there in the media that he's going to get and that he's trying to do some, oh, yeah, it's robust. I got people calling me off the hook. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just batting away these offers. I'm going to get above market value. Which team? If that Pittsburgh report is true, that they're committed to – who is Atlanta bidding against? The myth of Pittsburgh. You know, I just – I don't know. I, I 
So Atlanta for a second round pick? The Bears desire to maybe just keep him. Okay. You know, okay. That yeah, was, maybe. And that's not enough leverage to really maybe. use. Maybe. I just I I hope I'm wrong. Denver. We'll try to sell them on Denver. Denver doesn't have a second round pick. So a Denver trade is just a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. You know, that, second rounder next year or, or fir- first rounder next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, Denver trades a little bit more complicated because because of their lack of draft capital for what they did to to go get Sean Payton. So I just I I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that Ryan Poles has three offers that he got at the Senior Bowl. Breer's reporting is sourced from other teams and not leaked by Ryan Poles to try to gin up interest and all that. But I, I hope I'm blown away by the compensation that they get for Justin Fields. But if that Pittsburgh report is true, I just don't know what teams are out there mm-hmm. that are going to make a huge offer uh, for him at this point. And I don't know that the Instagram thing means anything. I don't, I don't, I don't personally think it does. But it's fun, isn't it? Work on this that, is uh, fun. Work on that forensic social accounting, okay? I want, I want um, all you guys yeah, to I mean, line up. This and do could that. be a bigger conversation about just how that that generation, and I consider Justin to be like the group of age people below me, how much they care about social media. You don't consider yourself a part of that. No, I mean, yes, I do, but but I'm saying he's a generation below me in my opinion. He's just a, of a different technological generation because they grew up on iPads. I didn't. Well, I heard people talking about how guys don't want to be in the dunk contest because they're worried they're going to get dunked on on social media. Right. Right. It's it's dangerous, man. Like Jalen Brown is probably getting dunked on. There's right, a star. So. There's an NBA star who decides to do it because I heard him say, like, I'm still in my athletic prime. I feel like this is my time. And he, like, thinks about it a lot, comes up with what he thinks are three really good, like, homage dunks and absolutely <laughs> craps down his leg. Anyone who watched that deep brown quote unquote tribute, doing the eye thing after the dunk, thing after he dunks. Oh, I didn't see it. Here we go. Here we go. Oh yeah, cover my eyes. Remember? Remember? Oh man, Jalen Brown is a brilliant, thoughtful guy and a phenomenal athlete. And embarrassed the hell out of himself on Saturday night. Social media is just dangerous. It's dangerous, and I think we have to really factor that in. It it is, but I mean, I think you're giving. I mean. You're 30. Justin Fields is 24. I'm 31. 31. Be 32. How many soon. dogs does Justin Fields have? Just one. Just one. And he's a French bulldog, and they suck. Shane's lapping the field on dogs. There. I'm pro Justin Fields, anti French bulldog. Okay. Why would you get a dog that lasts seven years? I want. I want him longer uh, around longer than that. Yeah. That is sad. That yeah. Is, that is a sad. Like you're event. getting a dog but that doesn't last long. But someone has to own and love those dogs. I don't think they should exist. Oh well, that they do though. They were bred improperly. And Is, isn't their love trouble breathing? Right. Their, yeah. their love. I think you're underestimating the everlasting <laughs> nature of their love. I really do. I don't know, man. It, it is him. one of the reasons I think he's going to get traded. So I, I trust don't have to hear judgment. that clip anymore. <laughs> oh, you think that's going away? <laughs> you think that clip's going away? Are you familiar with traded? us as your showmates? <laughs> Come on, brother. That's <laughs> deeply incorrect. I just don't want to hear it again. Hmm. Like right now? <laughs> About right. Like the full version of it? <laughs> which, which one do you know? That I was going to play oh. tomorrow for all the people that are in the house tomorrow. Oh, don't oh, love I that. I can just play it now, though. No, no, no. Save Justin it. And tomorrow. On the score. Oh, here's yeah. how starved we are. We um, Danny, my partner here, was willing to trade his dog for a franchise quarterback <laughs> over the offseason, you know? Like, really? yeah. He's wow. like, he, I, and, I, I feel know. terrible about it, Just. I, feel, I, I felt very guilty about it. His love for his dog. So um, that's that's tough for. I feel really. 
really bad for for you know Danny's dog because I would never do that to my dog. But um, you know, I mean, I, I guess that just shows you know how much Danny loves Bears football. I would never do that. All right, Justin. Now you've made me feel. Now I got to go home to Omar and apologize. <laughs> Give my man uh, Omar some extra extra uh, treats tonight, and he, and he should be good. Just cut it right I here. will. I will. Because you know he, the, the the dog's love is is completely everlasting. But I'm telling <laughs> you, man, never had a great quarterback in this town. So you know you can you can find the new dog, Justin. Man, welcome to Chicago. Bears fans are thrilled to have you. I'm not anymore. God, dude. <laughs> That, I, I'm, I'm dripping with embarrassment for you. Yeah, me too, man. The fact that you said that. A dog's love is completely everlasting. <laughs> like a gobstopper, Justin. <laughs> Never have a gobstopper. That's everlasting. I meant it's unconditional. But, you know, it's... Yeah. And Justin, by the way, I got that dog as a gift from my wife, <laughs> and I don't care about him at all. I do care about My him. love for you, Justin, is not everlasting. I suspect that I will backtrack in a couple of years. Ooh. Yeah, well, you should have played better. <laughs> oh, yikes. Wow. Oh. Oh. Oh, you should have played better. Huh? You should have. Hey, it's a cold, hard better. world. It's a cold, hard world of sports analysis. They, they gave him your guy, Darnell Mooney, for the vast <laughs> majority of his career as his number one wideout. Bears. What are you doing, dude? Bears. You're smarter than that. Bears got the number one Come pick. Come on, Shane. You're smarter. Well, are you? These I things think happen. you're smarter than that. The Bears got the number it's one not pick. not a good puck. Passer, Everyone's waiting on this pick, by the way. Even C.J. Stroud had thoughts about what the uh, number one pick team should do. I don't know. Who is the first pick? The Bears. The Bears have the first pick. I think pick. they're going to keep Justin. They should if they're smart, but, you know. It's the Bears. <laughs> you said it, not me. Damn. Yeah. Shots fired. How about that? Shrapnel. He was good last year. Yeah, he was. CJ Stroud? Yeah, pretty good player. The whole league doesn't think the Bears know what they're doing. Where would they've got that idea? Where have they gotten that idea? All of history. <laughs> uh <laughs> who they haven't anybody's in Sid Luckman. <laughs> CJ Stroud went on to say. We're gonna talk about Tom Ricketts' comments coming up at uh, 5 o'clock and the state of inactivity for the Cubs. But uh, you got a thing or two that matter so far there, from spring training? There are a few and, and we, for both sides of town. And I know there's not a ton of time here, guys. I know. See, this is how they do you, Speaks. <laughs> we, we, got, we got all the time in the world, boys. Give the guy 90 seconds to talk about the thing he loves. Oh, 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 hustle it up. Hey, wait, wait till the Sox fans find out. We're not going to talk about the Sox in this segment now. We've scrapped the Sox stuff. Oh, no. We're only going to do Cubs. No, let's choose one Sox thing. I'll we'll choose one. We have a whole five o'clock hour, boys. As many things that matter from your beloved spring training <laughs> as you can while I look at Justin Fields' follows on Instagram. Parkinson speak That's on the, the show. But I got some things that matter. Huh? It's time for Things That Matter. Speaks will tell you what matters and doesn't. The things that matter. Matt Spiegel brings you the things that matter from Cubs and Sox spring training. Focusing on things that matter. They're the things that matter so we decided to go on ahead and call it things that matter you have a good enough regular season then you know it's time to play for what really matters there's a lot of bad info out there about things that don't actually matter it doesn't matter what it is it just doesn't matter. But these things are the things that matter. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad you told me. Sorry, Danny, for being interested in, in baseball nuance in the bullpen. <laughs> no, I no, no, no. I, I, I'm interested, too. <laughs> these things do matter. Things that matter with Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. That paints me <laughs> into a tough position. <laughs> 
Go on. Tell me what matters in your beloved baseball well, on February 20th. You love, and we're going to talk about Tom Ricketts and, and Cody Bellinger in about 10 minutes. You you love when people are open about mental health. And yes. You've bonded with Michael Kopech directly mm-hmm. about such things. He is back. He has lost 20 pounds, and he's trying to have a clean slate as he attacks this second-to-last year of team control. A massive massive underachievement so far in his career as compared to the talent and uh this is him um was it with chuck garfine yes and the white Sox talk about killing it this week in of course uh, he has arizona that's that's what they do uh him and guff when they get out there uh michael kopech acknowledged he's been selfish in the past but has a clear head and high expectations for both himself and the team my priorities are different right now it's it's trying to be a part of a championship team the immature michael kopech from seven or eight years ago was not really looking at you know what the end goal for a team would be like as much as just joining the team you guess you were more concerned with yourself before right Right. me 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 not that you were didn't care about your teammates but are you feeling more of a we thing is that what you're saying how you've matured yeah absolutely i think that's part of what the game does to you is you realize that uh you don't get very far in this game by yourself like this is a game of ups and downs and you're not always going to be at your top but also knowing that a flash in the pan here and there isn't gonna isn't gonna make your career isn't gonna make your season and isn't gonna ultimately help the team very much so i think just trying to go out there and we've already had this talk in camp and maybe think about seven or eight innings with three strikeouts and leaving one or two on the board is a win for the team rather than thinking about complete dominance every single time and going out there and hanging your hat on strikeout numbers and things like that. Going all gas and no break, so to speak, kind of left me either going deep in the games or coming out really early, and it wasn't really an in-between. All right, so I spoke with Ethan Katz last month, and this is what he said about you. We're going to see the best version of Michael Kopech that everyone wants to see this season what do you think about that um it's high praise could be high expectations but i think i could live up to it oh no Uh oh man oh the pressure of expectations this poor kid dude he's had it his whole freaking life it's one of those guys whose dad worked with him tirelessly and imprinted his dreams onto michael and michael wanted to do it for his dad and he's talked a lot about that and he's obviously his own man and trying to achieve everything but he's haunted by the expectations it's another season of michael kopech in his own head sharing being vulnerable but it's hard not to look at that guy and empathize with that he's got all of the physical talent in the world. And it's a physical game. It's athleticism. But it's between the ears that hasn't fully gotten unlocked. Like a lot of people. Yeah. Where it holds you back. Absolutely. And if you're not if you're not doing well mentally, or if you've got doubt or insecurity or anxiety, whatever it is, uh-huh. it doesn't allow you to perform at your best. I, I always will root for him because of his vulnerability, but Another year and another version of the same story with Michael Copa. You know, a lot of teams, when they talk to a guy or when they hear from a guy and you hear him say, yeah, you know, a lot of times I get out there and I'm all gas, no brakes, because I can't, you can't like just relax and slow down, then put him in the bullpen. Put him in the bullpen, because you can be all gas and no brakes in the bullpen. Just give me everything you got yeah. for as long as you have it. That's a much 
much lower ceiling in terms of career earnings and in lower ceiling in terms of value to a team. Well, that's what I, that was what I was going to say. Both Va- of them. Value to the team. They, they, they already are short starting pitching, man. I know. I mean, they're short pitching, period, but they're supposed to be bad. So if you're short bullpen arms, that's one thing. But they don't have a rotation. Well, I mean, they're going to give a lot of starts to a lot of young kids with a lot to prove. Yeah, sure. So, you know, maybe Michael Kopech ends up in your in your bullpen and you just accept that that that's the best thing for him because it just doesn't seem to be grasping the full-on, you know, intellectual maturity it takes to be a starting pitcher, frankly. We'll get to some roster things that matter for the Cubs from spring training uh, in a bit, but Tom Ricketts on Scott Boris, Cody Bellinger, a Boris response, and a comp. And I got to be honest, you don't love to hear as a Cubs fan. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 